Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Art Studio. I am your host, Dan Burke. I hope all of you are having a great day in your art studio, and I hope the art is coming out well. On our last show, I discussed some of the things that I thought were important to know and true in life. You can go back and listen to that. On an older show, maybe 25 shows back, I discussed the idea of never phoning it in. I want to go back and touch on that again. Have you ever come across somebody who said to you, I'm not being paid enough to do a good job? Have you ever had someone do a poor job at something? Poor at making your dinner, poor at fixing your car, or whatever. They're not good at it. And it seems, no matter how much money you paid them, they still wouldn't be good at it. <laughs> So what is, that, what is that about? Let's talk about that for a second. If you're really paid, let's say, you know, a minimum wage, should you do the minimum job? Is that what you should do? Should you give 110%? Man, we have talked about this in the past at such length, but I'm constantly... You know, you know how it is. I don't have to explain to you. There's people who are just not going to try very hard at their job. <laughs> and that's it. They're going to work just hard enough not to get fired or to get by. But that's not going to work for creative people. That's not what the journey's about, I think, for people who make things. I think when you make things, it's such an intrinsic part of you who you are, your self-worth, and your value. And I gave this example last time, but I'm going to talk about it again. Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby were not paid all that much money at the time that they produced some of their most famous work. Especially Steve Ditko, working over at Charlton Comics, was some of the lowest paid comics that could possibly be. Now, the thing is, folks, they are still reprinting those Steve Ditko books today. And so he's paid like $5 a page back then or whatever it is, completely unlivable wage. And yet they're still reprinting his books. Why is that? Why are they still reprinting Jack Kirby's books? Well, I don't have to explain to you why, because they're good and they're cool and they're awesome. And people still care about them. But why do people still care about them? Not all of them are gems, I'll give you that. It's because these guys put their creative heart and soul, I would say, into what they did. 
you may get, you know, a bunch of jobs that don't really excite you. They're, they don't pay well. They're not all that great. But I think you should strive to do your very, very best work on every single job that you do. This is really an important idea. You know, you may get a job tomorrow where someone doesn't pay you very much. So you decide to do, you know, a job just up to that level, not so good. I really believe that's a mistake. For several reasons. One is, let's pretend that's the only piece someone ever knows your work by. Is that really the representation of your work you want to be out there? Because that truly is the point of the whole thing. Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko didn't know they'd be reprinting their work over and over again for all those years. It wasn't in their mind at the time. They just wanted to make the $5 a page. But their work has stood the test of time because they invested their creative talent into the thing, even though they were poorly paid. And that led them to becoming the people who we know they are. So it's not wise to phone in your work and do half-assed work. It may end up being the only piece someone knows you by. What if this was your last piece? Would, this, would you want this last piece to be this particular one? Is this what you're interested in doing? People knowing you by? I think about that a lot. Because all of us are presented with various uh, deals in life, and you sit down and you say, well, you know, how much time and money should I invest in this thing? Most of my very, very best work will never be seen by people, except, you know, a small group of people. Most of my commissions that I do for people are only seen by the people who receive the commission and perhaps those that visit their home. But in my commissions, I try to do my best, best work. And that brings us to the next reason why you should do your best work. You never know how who's going to see it, how it's going to influence them, and what it's going to lead to. It could lead to some cool and interesting things, especially if you're looking for more work as an illustrator or a creative. Doing creative projects shows people what you can do. So let's say you get hired to do a, a book right now or comic, whatever, but they're not paying you very well. Should you do a half-assed job? My recommendation would be no. Because let's say, to, you know, the next year they print that book that you did the half-assed job in, and that's the only resume you have. That's how people know you, know your creative skill, by this half-assed work you did. And the thing is, there's not a note floating around with the project saying, they didn't pay me very well, thus I did a crappy job. That's not the way it works. People don't judge it that way. They just look at the work and don't consider what you were paid to do it. It's not, it's not what they consider. So I think then that doing your best work every time is not only important for us, but it's important for the people that view our work and how it influences them and influences our lives eventually. I did a whole bunch of portraits, and I did them fast, like 10 minutes apiece. Not really a lot of time to do a portrait. And I have to say, you know, they were only okay, but 
they were as good as I could make them. This is a good example of what I'm talking about. Now, I've been practicing portraits for 40 years, so it's not like it's my first day. So I posted these portraits online. And one of those portraits got me the biggest job of my life, which has led to even more work and more work beyond that. You know, I just could have phoned it in and done a half-assed job and no one really would have noticed because I wasn't even getting paid for the portraits. I was just doing them as practice to raise my notoriety and, you know, and so on. Have something more to show people that I do, to prove that I can do what I do. And it changed, and that one little drawing, that one little 10 minute piece has changed my whole life. So you don't know where your work's going to hang you know, in people's homes or offices. You don't know who's going to see your book or your website or your thing. You just don't know. And since building relationships and rapport is the whole secret to everything and, you know, getting work and so on and so forth, it's really important that your first step in that rapport is them looking at your work and going, whoa, that person can really draw or paint or whatever you want to be known for. That's, that's the thing. So if you're in the middle of a project or you have a project and they're not paying you all that well and you're thinking, well, I should just do a half-assed job here, I would not recommend that. In fact, if they're not paying you enough to interest you, quit the job. It's not, it's not a good deal then. You've you got a bad deal. If it's not a good enough job where you are excited and willing to do your best work, I wouldn't even bother. Honestly, I wouldn't even bother. Don't take the job. If you can't be a success at the job and do your best work, I wouldn't take it. Now, of course, that's just me and how I feel. It's my particular feeling about all this. And all this, of course, is just my opinion how I feel. A year ago, someone wrote me and said, hey, I walked into this person's home and there was this picture on the wall that you did. I was so amazed by it. And every time I go to this person's home, I go and look at this picture that you did. And so now I'm commissioning you to do one for me. You know, that commission was nothing to me, just one of thousands. And I can't, I can't even tell you which one it was, but I know this. I know that in the day that I did it, or the days, that I did my very best work. I try to make every piece special, every piece super cool, everything awesome. And so I know that no matter what piece it was, I loved that piece. I know it. So <clears throat> when they complimented me about it and said, hey, we really, you know, I really dug it and I want to hire you to do something like that for me. I felt good about it because I knew that there wasn't some piece of half-assed work floating out there that might embarrass me. Your work will follow you your whole life. It accumulates like a mountain behind you. So you can either accumulate a mountain of gold and awesomeness, or you can accumulate a mountain of half-assed work and excuses and regrets. And I know that sounds harsh, but man, I really believe that. 
as I often say. <laughs> I'll try to pull it out of my out of my sentence. Says I always I say that quite a bit now that one phrase, but I guess it's because it's true. You know, when you go in to do your job, you're thinking, "Oh, this is going to really suck." And most of us, and it includes me, for most of my life, worked just hard enough not to get fired. I wasn't very motivated to stock shelves or do this or that. But I have to say, whenever I gave something 100%, even though you might say it didn't deserve my 100%, things really went better for me. One more story. I took a part-time job in this business. I won't tell you what it is. I'll just tell you it was a business. I was like the morning person who would open the business for the guy and then the guy would come in and take over. So one thing I did was I worked that business for the four hours I was there in the morning. I did everything I could while I was there for that four hours to make that business successful. I even went back and cleaned the bathrooms so that the bathrooms looked better. I was nice to the people who came into the business. I worked with them. I tried to help them be successful and have a good experience with the business. And I, and I did this just because that's who I am. Like I have an ego about doing a good job. About a month into that experience, the guy who owned the business came to me and said, listen, I've been running this business for years and years and years. He said, but you're better at running the business than I am. The people like you better. You're more motivated. He goes, and I'm pretty burned out, believe it or not. He goes, I, I, I want to do something different. He goes, so I'm going to put you in charge of this business. He goes, also, you're an honest man. He goes, I've, you know, watched you, tested you, whatever, and, you know, you've you've been totally 100% honest. You know, every single dime that, you know, came in, you accounted for and gave to me. He goes, so I know I can trust you. He goes, and that's important. So this guy then put me in charge of his business and pretty much walked away from it. And that's where I worked for the next couple of years. And that was a life-changing experience. The guy was so impressed by how I was doing, how hard I was working at a minimum wage job just in the morning, that he handed the keys to the whole business to me. And then at one point, I wanted more money. I went to him and said, I want more money. And he said, no, I'm not going to give you more money. So I said, all right, well, I'm going to give you notice then, and I'm going to leave and go work somewhere else. So he came to me like a week later and said, you know what? I've thought about it. And he says, it'd be a huge mistake for me to let you go. And he goes, and I'm not going to let that happen. He goes, so I'm going to give you a raise, <laughs> just like you asked for. And I said to him, well, you know, now that we're negotiating, I want to negotiate something else. So I negotiated not only more money, but a different sort of position in the business, which gave me more control. And he agreed to it. It was all because I went the extra mile and did the hard work when I didn't have to. This is the whole story. He knew for a fact that, you know, no matter what happened, hell or high water, good business, bad business, that I was going to run the thing 
in an ethical way that he would approve of, make sense, and he'd make money. I think about that all the time. Because almost every day, you know, I sit down to draw a commission for someone and I go, well, I could just do it this way, the easy way, you know, not draw a city backdrop, you know, do what I call my easy tricks and just sort of coast in on the commission. Or I could try something new, hard, exciting, difficult, challenging, super cool, time consuming and deliver that instead. And that's what I choose to do. I choose to deliver the super cool <laughs> stuff that is time-consuming and difficult. I think this is just so important. And I think it has a big influence on me, people around me, people who hire me, what our expectation will be of all that. When... About twice a year, someone doesn't like a commission. Usually it's through some series of weird circumstances. But it's never the art, in my opinion, because I slave over the art, try to do a beautiful job with the portraits and the things. And usually they're unhappy about something uncommunicated, sort of. It's hard to describe. But anyway, it happens. And my heart is a little bit broken each time that happens, but I get over it. You know why that is? Because I didn't phone in the piece. If I just phoned it in and went, oh yeah, I just phoned that one in, I can see why they don't like it. Then you'd feel differently about it. But I'm not, I'm not phoning it in. I don't feel that way. I'm giving 110% to each and everything I draw. So when someone comes to me and says, hey, I don't really like that thing you gave 110% to, I'm genuinely hurt and surprised. I really am. So... That's another thing is, you know, when you give 100% and you lose, it's kind of a deflated feeling like, oh, man, you know, you know that feeling. But I guess that's the risk you take when you give 110%. Because if I could just say to myself, oh, well, you know, I just did a half-assed jab on that, no big deal. I could sort of pass it off as because of that. Well, the reason no one bought that book is because I drew it poorly, you know. But no. I drew that book as, as best as I humanly could, and it still did bad. <laughs> that's what I'm sort of getting to is that's one thing about giving 100% is there's no built-in excuse. I can just have to live with the results and go, you know, at the time, that was the best I could do. <laughs> you know, I, there's nothing different that I can do or can be done. That's, that's the thing about it, because... I really do get sort of like, oh, they didn't like it or they didn't, you know, blah, 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 whatever it is. Sometimes it's something I can fix or can control. And sometimes it's something I can't. Sometimes it's just a matter of not being a mind reader and there ain't a hell of a lot I can do in those situations. Doing your best work each and every time. The real reason you do it, not just to get more clients, not just to impress people, not just to build your professional reputation, you do it for yourself. This is the exact thing I said before in the last show about this topic. You're excellent for yourself. You're honest for yourself. You're hardworking for yourself. And here's the thing about all this. 
hardworking, working for yourself, giving 100%, doing your best work, it'll just become a habit. You won't have to push very hard to make it happen if this is how you always do it. In other words, if you always do excellent work, then you and other people can have the expectation that you will do more excellent work. And if you always do half-assed work that looks that way or is that way, then that is your, that's who you are. You're the person who does half-assed work. Your work piles up behind you like a mountain. You either make a mountain of gold, or you make a mountain of crap, a mountain of mediocre phoned-in work because you weren't paid enough. Each of us is going to make our own decisions about what we're willing to spend our time on. It used to be that if someone would pay you, you'd feel obligated to do a good job. Well, they invested money. I really need to do a good job. People don't feel that way anymore. People feel so entitled now. They're like, well, they paid me, but they didn't really pay me as much as I wanted. Therefore, I'm doing a shitty job. Again, if that's the case, don't do the job at all. Just get out of it. Because I think it's a disservice to you, to the client, to everything, to just do the shittiest job you can as opposed to the best job you can. I don't see the honor in doing a half-assed crap job. That's me. Again, you're listening to some of my prejudices. You know, I think if you're going to, you know, be a janitor, you should be the world's best janitor, not, not the worst janitor you can be. Each of us chooses for ourselves how we're going to spend our time, our energy, and our money. I think it's a big mistake to do half-assed work. I think your work is your work. It's who you are. And let's say you only ever produced that one book, that one drawing, that last, that one painting. Would this really be the legacy you'd want to leave behind? Like, you know, like I said, there's no note that travels around with the work that says, yeah, they didn't really pay me enough, therefore I only did a half-assed job on this. That's not the way it works. You, you, your work does not travel around with a asterisk that says wasn't paid enough therefore I did a crap job people just see the work when people look at Steve Ditko's and Jack Kirby's work from the 60s and the 50s and they were so underpaid you know they don't consider how much they were underpaid they just consider the genius of the work so if you're producing work and some of you are and maybe you're not all that passionate about it so to speak but someone hired you because they believe in you and they trust you and they're hoping, hoping you will do a good job. That's why they hired you. They didn't hire you hoping you would do a crappy job. They hired you hoping you would do a good job. I'm sure of it. I think we should honor that. And in doing so, we honor ourselves and other people and the investment that they made in us. Now, I know for sure I'm not going to change anyone's mind on this if you don't think you're being paid enough and you want to do a half-assed job that's it that's your mindset I don't think I can change that mindset but for people who haven't truly formed their opinion on this I think I may have some influence on you especially as you travel through life and have an art career God knows when you could listen to this could be 20 years from now so do your best work with everything you do 
Because you never know when that person can come back and say, hey, you know, I got this next thing for you. Or not, just someone else will see it. Or just for yourself. You know, for yourself. So, you know, you can feel good about everything. It's like I said, I, <clears throat> no matter what work I'm complimented on, hey, I saw your piece over here. I can sort of nod inside my head and go, I have no idea what piece they're talking about. But I know for a fact that when I did the piece, I did my very best that I could do at the time. That is a really important thing for me. So anyway, that's my advice today. As I've given it to you before. Because I'm constantly presented with this sort of phenomena over and over again. Walk into any fast food restaurant and you'll experience it. They're not being really paid enough to care or give a darn. So they don't really care or give, give a shit very much. They just don't. They're not paid enough. And, and you and I get that. Like when we go in, they don't really care about our, you know, our chicken order or our, our burger order or whatever the heck it would be. We get that they're not invested in it. They're just working some horrible minimum wage job and don't give a damn. We get that, right? But have you ever been waited on the person who's like giving 100% like, hey, thanks for coming in tonight. Good to see you. Isn't that the server you always go back and request again because they made the experience better for you and more fun? Isn't that really the server you'd rather have wait on you than the one that's miserable and like, hi, how you doing? That's that's the kind of thing. You know, when I was a waiter and a bartender, I had the most requests because I would make it fun for people to eat dinner with me. I would either leave them alone, let them do their thing, tell a joke or whatever, but I, whenever I went up to a table, I always tried to be in a good mood or fake it. <laughs> yep, I'd even go up and fake the good mood because I think people don't want to go out and eat and be like, oh, how are you? What do you want? People don't want that. They're paying good money. They, they should get a good experience out of it. Anyway, that's how I felt about it. Do your best, no matter where life puts you, no matter where you find yourself. And I think it's, it's going to add up to a much better result. I really do friend of mine right now is renovating a house and he has to make all these decisions in the renovation floor roof how much to spend how much to spend how much to spend everything a decision what kind of oven to put in what kind of electrical system what kind of insulation and so on he's he guts the whole thing and rebuilds it so my buddy who rebuilds the houses or refurbishes them, whatever you want to call it. He tries to do the very best he can do. He tries to get the best materials and the best contractors and the best stuff in his houses so that when people buy his houses or they call him up and ask about the roof 20 years later, he can say with confidence, hey, I put the best roof I could on that house. We uh, wired it the best we could. You know, We did the finest electrical engineering in that thing we could. He always does his best. He always gives it 110%. And everything he does, he does that way. He tries to be excellent in everything he does. That's a great reputation to have, a great person to know, because no matter what he's doing, renovating a house or coming over to help you, you know he's going to do an excellent job. 
This is a person who's driven by excellence. Excellence is a completely different <laughs> ball game and animal than most things. I think for your own personal reasons, whatever it is you do in life, you should do it really well. If you're going to, you know, go out on a date, be fully present. Don't bring your phone. Don't ignore the person. Give that date 110%. And then the person will come back and want to repeat that date. <laughs> if you give the date minor attention and, you know, so on, then they won't feel very special and won't want to repeat the date. It will become a habit. There's no doubt about it. If you give yourself over to this, if you just always try to do your best in every single thing you do, no matter what, it will become a habit. And it won't be that much of a stretch then to reach out and do your best each time. I think it leads to a much happier life and a much better result. But anyway, my friend is renovating this house and he's just doing the very best he can with the renovation. Just not the minimum, the best. I mean, and that really makes a difference. It really does. And I think other people that know him like I do sort of know his obsession with quality and sort of applaud him for that and go like, hey man, you know, when you renovate a house, you know, you do a, a job, you know, you just don't come in and phone it in you. You do a fantastic job. And this carries over into everything in life, from his kids to, you know, how, how they approach life and their expectation of things and so on. If your expectation is excellence from yourself and other people know it, that makes you that kind of person. They may not love you, but they can sure as hell say, man, that person is excellent and works their ass off for it. They can sure say that. So don't phone in your work. Don't do a half-assed job. Don't do the minimum you can do. Even though you may feel the situation warrants it. Do your very best with the projects and the things that come your way. Whether that's raising your kids or raising a garden or drawing uh, some art or creating something. Do your best every time. Every time. I just want to relay that to you again. We've, we've talked about this before in the art studio, but I can't tell you how important this is because the opposite of doing the minimum and just scraping by and getting by leads to an unhappy, dissatisfied life and experience. And the people who do business with you will also be unhappy <laughs> because you're not doing very good work. You're doing the minimum. And believe, believe me, people know when you're doing the minimum. And worse yet, could you imagine walking into a place like 10 years after you do the half-assed work that you did, and there's that painting hanging on the wall that you did a crappy job on, and people are looking at it and going, wow, that's like your best work, so good. And you're thinking, no, that's really crappy. So you can't even be proud of it because you know in your heart that it was a crap job. Oh, that's the thing I couldn't live with. The thing following me around all my life. 
So there you go. That's my advice for today. When you're presented with a job or a task or a thing, do your very best and it will pay off. Have a great day in your art studio. Keep doing art, carrying on, have fun, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.